a diary, my teen angst as a body count. Okay. Um, so, uh, this is something new that I'm trying. Um, it's basically like a podcast, I guess. Um, more or less, it kind of came out of the fact that um, I guess I'm just kind of messed up in the head. <laughs> but uh, in all sense, really, basically, I just um, more or less, I needed a place to vent and I guess I could blog or I could vlog on YouTube or some other useless crap. But patient, basically, I don't have the patience for, for YouTube. And people's like video blogs annoy the hell out of me because they're so chopped up. It's like watching an episode of Max Headroom. And none of you people probably know who Max Headroom is because I'm just so old. And it was on PBS when I was like eight. But um, more or less, I just needed somebody to talk to and... Um, just express and vent, I guess, all the crap that's in my head. And um, I figure uh, people listen to comedians and people listen to other people. And, like, I'm a big fan of Nerdist, um, Chris Hardwick, I guess. Well, uh, to be okay, straight up, Chris Hardwick has been my idol since I was, like, uh, 8, 10, I don't know. Whenever I, I whenever it came, whenever Singled Out came out, and then I was a really big fan of Boy Meets World, and then when the two did the crossover episode, it was like a little orgasmic 12-year-old baby came out of me. Um, and I say really random crap, so I hope you all get ready, uh, you know, get used to that too, but um, I don't know. I guess, basically, I'm asking all of you to just sit here and listen to me talk. Um, maybe it's to confirm that I'm not so crazy after all. Um, but if not, it really doesn't matter because I'm still going to put this out there. And I f that kind of leads me to my first point, I guess, that's been driving me nuts lately. And it's the whole social media concept. I've come to realize that we're whoring ourselves out. I mean, really, like, I, I feel like like when it comes to Twitter and it comes to Instagram and, and Facebook we're just whoring ourselves. I mean, it's like, I'm going to post as much stuff as I can so I can get as many likes. And if I don't get as many likes, I'm going to feel bad about myself. Really grow up. I don't know. Maybe that's why Twitter is for, you know, the kids or, or all these younger people. I don't know. And at the same time, I remember hearing on the radio, uh, like Wednesday or something about how, like teens are rapidly dropping and leaving Facebook. And it reminds me of this clip on uh, uh, My Name is Earl, which was like one of my favorite shows of all time. But there's this part where like Crabman is on like, you know, my book, like my friend book or something like that. And like Earl's like, oh, hey, what's that? And <laughs> Crabman's like, oh, it's just like MySpace and Facebook before all the parents got on there. <laughs> and it's so true that there's these things. I mean, I remember, God, I remember in high school we had a makeout club. And then from makeout club, it went to Zanga. And then from Zanga, at, at, kind of at the same time too, it was LiveJournal. And then from LiveJournal, it went to Facebook, or not Facebook, uh, Friendster. And then from Friendster, it went to MySpace. And then from MySpace to Facebook. And, and it's just progressively, it's, 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 uh, I don't know exactly the word I'm thinking of, but um, it's kind of like a shotgun franchise. Like you, you're literally going to throw everything out there. You're going to make this super hot thing that's going to be popular for like a year or two. 
and then it's just going to die out. So it's literally, you have these guys who are coming and going, okay, I'm going to make this. Everybody's going to hop on there. We're going to make money for about three or four years, and then we're going to sell it, and then it's going to become crap, and oh, well, you know, they'll be left in the dust. They don't give a crap about us. I mean, look at Snapchat. These guys were saving pictures of all the people and all the girls that were, or guys, whoever, were sending pictures of each other, you know, back and forth nude. And I remember when Instagram a couple days ago came out with, you know, direct message and stuff, very first thing my friend Brandon said was, oh, great, it's going to be like the whole nudes thing again. And it's exactly what it is. I mean, we are literally whoring ourselves out, but not only so much that, you know, in the pictural, metaphorical, literal, I don't know, whatever sense, but literally it's, it's like, Hey, people realize what the heck we're doing. I mean, we're, we're, we've got this like artificial belief that social media is real. I mean, we, we, you know, Facebook has my friends, you know, or, or Twitter has my followers. I'm sorry, but nobody is literally following you. Unless you're coming up with a message that I can support and get behind, I'm not following you. Yeah, you sure, sure you may say a couple of funny jokes here and there, but really, I'm not following you. I don't know what the heck you stand for. I don't know. Sorry, that, that, I just got lost on my own rabbit trail. Drink water, children. I don't. But anyways, we're again, we're we're whoring ourselves out and it is sad because we've gotten to this place in society. I was listening to the radio the other day and this girl's talking about how she's friends with the producer of One Direction. And how does she know him? Through Instagram. Oh, so you've met him. No, but we're friends on Instagram. I'm sorry, but you are not his friend. He doesn't even know who you are. You are just somebody who sends him a like. And you know what? I just want to throw this out there. For anybody who's on my Instagram that I have absolutely never met before in my life, as much as I appreciate your little hearts, because I'm a whore for hearts on Instagram. I'll t- that is my hashtag, whore for hearts, if any of you want to see some of my pictures. But seriously, I don't, I don't attribute you as a friend of mine. I don't even attribute you as an acquaintance of mine if I've never met you. That that is common sense, people. Have have we seriously gotten so caught up in artificial reality that we forgot what reality is? I'm I'm just I'm I'm sorry if I I'm just beating a dead horse, but you know, <laughs> it just it sucks. I'm sorry, but I, I will be straight up. <laughs> when I was twelve, I had an internet girlfriend. Like she lived in San Diego, and I lived where I live now, and. I sent her the Limp Biscuit significant other CD. Why? Because I liked her and she sent me pictures of her and I sent her pictures of me. A slash, you know, ASL. <laughs> this was also back in the day of chat rooms, which by the way, I was when I was 12. When I was eight years old, my, my, my dad used to build computers when we were little and I was on like AOL when it was like AOL before there was 1.0 or 2.0 and I was like eight years old doing like ASL and like having 20 something and 30 something women send me pictures of them nude. I'm going to be straight up. Now, (laughs) I don't even know if that was really them, but they looked real. So whatever. But that's what I'm saying. People is we don't know any of these people. They didn't know who I was. And even nowadays, yeah, maybe that is really who they are, but they're not your friend. They don't care about you. 
when when times get tough, when when your world falls apart, the best that that person on Facebook can do is write you a little message going, "Hey, hope things get better," you know, and then what? Send you an extra life on Candy Crush. Let's let's get back to being real people. You know, I love one of my friends, Marlena. She's she's like the coolest chick ever because as much as we butt heads sometimes, she's spot on. Like like she she's all about eating healthy and I don't, so I I got to give her credit for that. But on top of that, like I I know she's always talking about how like like we kind of have this rule where it's like we don't we really don't try to be on our phones when we're hanging out with each other, you know? And, and I know she, she kind of posted this thing a while back and it said, you know, real life is happening outside of your screen. And it's so true. I'm a very big, like, as much as I love computers and I love recording and I love my computer itself, not, not like, you know, I'm not putting my input in its hard drive, but it's just, we need to disconnect. Uh, there was a football player, I think like last year or whatever, on the sports radio I listened to at work. I drive a lot at work, by the way. I, I kill things for a living. So I do a lot of driving from like one murder scene to the next. And so I listen to a lot of radio when I'm not listening to my headphones. And um, the sports, J. Moore Sports, if you guys ever want to listen to it, AM570 if you're in the like California, LA area. But um, <laughs> if not, you check it out on iHeartRadio, whatever. I'm plugging his show on mine. Hey, look at that. So... Anyways, um, basically, like, I was listening to him, and there was this uh, football player guy, and he was talking about when they go on family vacations, like, as much as his teenage kids hate it, they go up to, like, this cabin or something, like, every year for their family reunion or whatever, and they have, like, this family rule of, like, okay, everybody put their cell phones in the basket, we don't see our cell phones for the week. And I was thinking about that today, and I was like, God, man, like, I love my friends to death, and I'm always having these, uh, like, get-togethers, like, probably once every month. <laughs> And I so badly, like, <clears throat> want to do that. Is like, whenever I'm around my friends, be like, grab your phones. All right, you know, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to those when we're done. You can tweet about it later, you know, later, Graham. And, like, that, that's like my buddy Kyle. Like, I guess I'm, I'm, we're, me and my friends were kind of, we're kind of at that generation where we, we got, we got the technology, but we weren't consumed by it. You know what I mean? Like, we were there right before the T2000s. We were there at, like, the T1000s. <laughs> I know, bad joke, right? So, I don't know. I, I guess we kind of, we, we've seen what life is without it. And at the same time, we've seen what life is with it and the pros and cons of both. And I would just encourage people to, to disconnect. And, and again, I'm talking to myself. I mean... This is like my therapy session. This is my, uh, you know, dear diary, my, you know, angst, my podcast angst has a body count, you know, like, I don't know that I just that's what I keep thinking of when I was trying to name this. And I don't even know if that makes sense, but it's a Heather's reference and whatever. But I, I guess it all is just coming down to the fact that I just want people to get along Okay, I'm on a rabbit trail here because this is kind of what I wanted to talk about. And I don't know how I got on that, like, whoring yourself out topic, but Nelson Mandela died, like, a week or so ago. And, I mean, Nelson Mandela was an amazing person. No one's going to argue that. And I'm not even going to contest that in any kind of way. But 
I remember hearing Christopher Titus talk about on his podcast that he was kind of like the last of a dying generation. You know, we had like Mother Teresa and we had Gandhi and he was like the last real humanitarian. And I, 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 I come home, you know, and I mean, I, I see my dad watching Dr. Phil and he's like, yeah, this, this, this reality TV, show, this reality TV show star, you know, she was the star of my, um, my teenage baby or something on MTV. I'm like, that's not a star. That's a horror story. <laughs> like, like, and, and he's talking about how on, on Dr. Phil, he's talking about how, um, she, you know, she's like, oh, well, well, you know, I became the star on this show and I, you know, I got invited to all these parties and then I started doing drugs and, and I, you know, and it eventually it talks about how she lost her daughter and I don't know, all this other crap. But these are the people that we are creating. These are the, these are the people that we're creating. Like, these are the people our children are going to look up to. We're going to look up to uh, some, you know, a girl who in, in any other sense or maybe decade of society would go, wow, you're a teenage mother. That's not exactly good. That's kind of a failure in my book and i'm not saying there's anything wrong with teenage mothers if you can overcome that but if you're making your stardom off of it if you're becoming a celebrity if people if celebrities and musicians and actors are coming up to you going hey hey, you're that chick from that show on mtv why don't you give give your child to a babysitter and you and your boyfriend husband whatever you guys come party with us no you got an effing kid dude you got a responsibility don't go ditch them to go party with Kendrick Lamar. I don't know if that's who she was with or whatever. You know, I'm sure Drake's probably writing a song about her right now. But whatever. You don't do that. That's not a good parent. That's not a good person. But these are the people that we're building up. These are the people we're putting on a pedestal. What about what about freaking Nelson Mandela? This is a man who chose, chose by his own will to stay in prison for an extra 20 years for his cause for his purpose when's the last time you heard about anybody doing that when's the last time you did that i know it's been a heck of a long time since i have but why don't we start now you know this year this was kind of what i was gonna do i was gonna do like this year-end recap Cause you know those stupid people. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for one of them. You know those people. Hold on. You know those people who, at the end of uh, like every year, they send you like their Christmas card, and then they send you like the hey the the yearly update. Like, oh well, little Bobby graduated from kindergarten, and hey, look, he's moving on to the first grade. Susie got her big tooth out. Yeah, it took a while, but we got the pliers, and it came undone. Meanwhile, my wife and I, you know. Just that the stupid crap. I was thinking about that and I was like, what the heck would I put on my year in recap? And this year, let alone the last six months, have been the crappiest of of my life. I, I I've I've yet to enable and I've been trying, oh God, listen to me and trust me how I've been trying to look at my life and realize a point in my life where I was lower. I was once sick. For six months, I was literally bedridden. It started off as, as me not taking my medication for the ulcers in my colon I already had. 
And so I thought, eh, I'm, I'm going to be fine. I'll take, I won't take my medicine. Then I ended up getting this thing. I don't know if many of you know what it's called, but it's called megacolon. And although it sounds like some horrible, like B movie monster that Godzilla should fight or something. Um, but literally what it ended up doing was causing bacteria to get into my bloodstream and it literally knocked me bedridden. Like I lost, I, I lost 30 pounds roughly in a, in about a week and I, I got to below a hundred pounds. My parents like took me to the hospital. It was literally to the point where I couldn't, I couldn't eat. I, I was throwing up, you know, every, basically all day, every day I had to quit my job and, um, just a lot of just, just crap. You know, and I, I literally I, I was at a point where I was like, I was at a good job. I was going to marry my girlfriend. And then <laughs> it was like life threw me that curveball that it always does. You know, it's like, hey, you're doing pretty well. You're you're you're, you're pretty set. It looks like you're going to be on the good course. Let me throw something in there. Just, you know, screw everything up. And now you got to start all over. So I'm back to this point and I have this I have this belief in my head and, and, and it's probably crazy. But it's, it's like every time I get to this point where I know where I'm going to go, I, I'm, I'm on the right path. Life or the devil or it's like every time I get to this point where it's like, hey, things are going to be okay. We, we got a plan. We're at a good place. Let's just follow it. Something comes along and it just throws my life out of whack. It started when I was in high school. And I guess this is kind of just getting to know me. <laughs> but um, I, I was in high school. I, I knew a lot of like professional skaters. I was doing well. I was taking photos. I had a couple photos published in Thrasher. Like things were doing really good. I was, I was hopeful. I kind of knew what I wanted to do and how to get there. And then I was like, no, I'm going to take this other path because it seems like it's what I should do. And then I got my life. It was totally away from what I wanted to do, but it seemed like I could, it would work, you know, as far as like, this was a good point in my life because I didn't know what else I was going to do. I didn't have plans to go to college. So I went here, things went really well. And then it progressed to me getting a job. And then that's where I got to that last point. So it was like, that was the first curveball. And then I get back to where I'm going. Okay, like, this isn't exactly what I wanted to do, but hey, it'll work. You know, it's, it's, it's survival. It's living. So then I get there and um, then I get this other curveball. So now it's taken me, that was in 2000, I got the second curveball when I was in 2008. So it's taken me again about five years. Wow, 2003 was high school. Took me five years. 2008 took me another five years. Okay, anyways. <clears throat> so I'm good, right? I'm, I'm, I'm doing things. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to move out. So I told my parents like, hey, I'm moving out. You know, love you guys. I'm going to stay close enough to where you can, you know, see me. And um, so <laughs> um, my mom's like, hey, well, you're not really, you know, finding a place to live um, that you can afford. And, you know, the plan kind of like when I was in high school was my parents were like always like, hey, because my parents have a, a house in uh, Lake Havasu, Arizona. And um, so like the plan was like, okay, well, when Corey gets married, We'll give him this house as a wedding gift, and then we'll retire out there. Well, it got to the point where my parents well, were kind of like, well, he's not getting married anytime soon. So my mom was like, hey, you buy this house. Me and your dad will, you know, we'll retire up there and move up there, and, and things will work out. And so she found a job early, so she headed out there, and she was like, okay, well, your dad's going to follow up in, in October. And then um, so that didn't work out. And, and I guess while she was out there and there was, there was other signs like all throughout my life, you know, and she was just kind of like, she told me she was done and, and she just couldn't do it anymore. And, um, <clears throat> and, um, so yeah, so, so now I'm at this point where my, my parents are getting divorced 
and and the first reaction for me was I was pissed. I was like, I I wanted to be out on my own, and and now you're out there, and and you're telling me I can I'm, I I just bought this house, and now you're telling me Dad's gonna live with me. You know, I'm like wait 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 what happened there? You know, <laughs> and so. And it's kind of cool because I mean, it's things are getting better now, you know. Like, but but anyways, at the same time, I had, I had just met this girl this past summer, and um, we it, it was good and bad, good and bad. Um, I was trying to do things differently because I had just gotten gotten out of this like five year relationship with this girl that I was getting ready to marry, and and then things had started to go south between me and her. And and before we were gonna get married, I kind of pulled her aside, you know, and I told her, I was like, hey, like I I want to marry you, I want to spend the rest of my life with you, but we have these pre-existing issues, and I'm I'm not going to go into this with with problems already, you know. Do you do you want to make this work, or do you want us to go just back to being friends? Because we were we were really good friends. We had like we had this weird kind of like <laughs> tough with each other kind of friendship throughout high school. And um, and, and I remember, I'll never forget, man. We're just sitting on her porch and we're swinging in her chair, you know, or like swing or whatever. And 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 she's just looking at me blankly, just with no look on her face. And she, um, I, I just kind of took that as like, okay, like we'll just be friends. Like that's cool. It worked in the past, but it doesn't work now. If I can say that. Which I don't know what that means. I just know what it is. And so, anyways, that that was the relationship I had just gotten out of, and it took me two years, roughly, maybe wow, maybe even three, to 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 get over that and and get back out there, you know, and and try try this you know thing again. And so I was very hesitant, and and. And I had always kind of done the same thing in relationships. So I was like, all right, this time I'm going to be different. Like, I'm not going to be, like, super clingy, and I'm not going to be, like, the 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 lovey-dovey type. And that didn't work. And I was kind of bummed, because this girl didn't deserve the way I treated her. She was really an amazing person. She was an amazing girl. She was funny. And and she she and and I I don't know if I've said this before. I think I to be honest, I have like this list of tweets that like I've wanted to put out there, but I don't want them to be subtweets, and I don't want some people to take them the wrong way. But there's there's just these thoughts that basically I have like this idea of one of these days I'm gonna stick up my middle fingers to like all social media and be like, haha, here's all the things I wanted to say, but I never could, and then just like unload all these like saved tweets and like different crap because I'm crazy in the head. So I think it's probably just one of those. But but essentially, oh, I remember. I just I don't remember if that if she was the first person to actually love me. Out of all the people I've been with in my life, for the for long periods and the short periods, I don't remember if this past girl was the one the first person that I can actually think of who genuinely loved me to to the extent that I thought love was and what I would expect love to be, or if it had just been so long since I had actually been loved by somebody that that that's I think this girl 
was the first person to love me. And I know that's stupid, and I know it's crazy, but it's true. And so I apologize for all of you guys who are listening to this. If you think I'm crazy, I I realize I'm just pouring my heart out, but literally I guess that's kind of what this is supposed to be. So I'm going to hop back on that Nelson Mandela topic, rant, whatever. But I guess when it comes down to it, what are we people like what are we standing up for? You know, what are we doing? I mean, where are the Nelson Mandelas? I, I remember my dad was telling me, um, I guess a bunch of people were pissed off at the Nelson Mandela um funeral because the president um of America and um some other dude were taking selfies. And that's that that goes back I guess this all kind of comes full circle because it goes back to the whoring ourselves out. Like I, I told him, I was like, I, I'm I'm pissed off. Like I'm 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 so angry. Like here's here's the guy whose slogan was hope, and to be honest, the last man that was the hope of maybe humanity for me just died. And you're at his funeral, on stage probably. I didn't see the whole thing, but nonetheless, you're you're in the public eye where hundreds of maybe thousands of people are seeing you, and you're taking a dang selfie on Instagram. You sir are a self just consumed douchebag i'll put it quite frankly but at the same time i told my dad i can't blame him we in we in america at least have created a society of or at least our political system is a sham it's a mockery because we have these things like instagram and twitter where we we the, i don't know if it's maybe just the younger generations or however it is but it's like they have Twitter accounts. They have Instagram accounts. I don't want you to be tweeting or Instagramming crap. I want you to be knocking. I want you to be taking care of issues. I want you to be fixing freaking healthcare, and I want you to be fixing you know the unemployment rate. I want you to do something with your term. And the sad thing is, is you know the, the president right now he's on the you know the last end of his second term, but or the, the whatever he's on he's on his second term, so he's not going to be elected again, but. You know, during his, you know, we, we create these people, you know, and, and these situations where they need to do this. They need to tweet. They need to Instagram because they need to show the younger voters who don't usually vote. The last the last time young voters had such a huge turnout was in 2008 when he first got first got elected. And and his big thing, and I'll, I'll, I'll be straight up, I believe like a huge portion of that is because of the whole Obey thing. Because why? Because Obey is a very young and, and hip thing. And I, per, I've, oh God, don't get me started. I, when I, <laughs> I've been a huge like Shepherd Fairy like follower since 2000, God, I was, I was a sophomore in high school. So that's like 2000, I graduated 2003, 2001. Like that's how how before Shepard before Obey had a clothing brand like when he was just these random pictures of freaking Andre the Giant on the side of buildings or you know pictures of a Black Panthers on the side of of buildings or the you know members of Public Enemy I have an original Andre the Giant sticker on my acoustic bass case like I loved Shepard Fairey. And and I think that's a huge portion of it. Like he he Obama, you know, pretty much 
just targeted young people and it worked that's not bad i mean we had for a couple years before that punk rock bands you know green day other bands bashing bush like it's just what we do it's like we 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 go hey hey we want this guy we want this guy we want this guy granted i don't think many people wanted bush i'm not gonna say anything because i voted for him when i was right out of high school mostly i did it because i was like hey hey, i'm a christian i'm gonna do this because it's the right thing to do he's conservative I was dumb. That was before I took my first political science course. But nonetheless, we're, we're young and we're stupid, right? So, and, and when it comes to politics, people don't vote because you're left or don't vote because you're right. Because if you're so stupid to think that, oh my God, I'm so left that, you know, everybody, that I'm entitled to a free job and a heart transplant, you're crazy. Or I'm so right that I think that if you're homeless, you should be swept aside and shoved into a you know, wood chipper and made into mulch so you could do something productive with your life. Granted, these are both very drastic and unpractical, never going to happen situations, but you kind of get my drift. You people need to look at both sides of everything and weigh them out for yourself. Because if your candidate is taking selfies, and I guarantee you probably both of them are, yes, I said guaranteed and probably together. But if that's the situation, you're a fool and i'm sorry if i'm yelling or coming off across i i know you probably didn't want to listen to somebody yell at you and call you a fool but again i'm just kind of talking to myself like these are the things that i say into my head to myself like i i like i said i kill things all day so i walk around killing things and (laughs) i kill these things and and so i have nothing else to do other than sit there and think of wow murder all day so this is going to be on my hands at the end of my life. So I kind of have to hide that with just thinking about millions of other things. But I think it's 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 tough because we create these situations where it's like he has the president has to he has to appeal to young people because they're the next generations of voters. But granted at the same time they don't vote. And we need them to vote because old people are dying. That's just what they do. That's what you're going to do. That's what I'm going to do hopefully soon. And so we have to do this. Like, and, and then we, we, we get mad when that's what it is. Miley Cyrus, God bless her heart. My poor little wrecking ball. Not that I care much about her. But <laughs> it's like, oh my God, look what she did. Oh my God, look what she did with Robin Thicke, blah, 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 blah. And then look how much attention we give her for doing it. So then when the jingle ball comes around, oh my God, look what she did again. Of course she's going to do it again. Look how badly you people reacted afterwards. And it's just going to get perpetually worse. When are we going to learn to stop feeding this monster? We all create it. We all create it in ourselves. We all create it about ourselves. We take the things that we see people like on Twitter or we see what they like on Instagram. And we say, hey, they liked that. That boosted my self-esteem. I'm going to do that again. A prostitute, she has sex with somebody for money. She goes, hey, that worked. I got paid. I don't feel that bad about myself. I'll do it again. It pays the bills. The ends outweigh the means. People, please respect yourselves. Respect humanity. This has been a jacked up year for me. And probably for the last six months, 
There's been three nights where I haven't prayed, begging God or whatever creator is up there to kill me, to take my life. On, on Wednesday, I was standing in the cold, freaking 40-degree rain, just drenched already after five minutes, soaking wet. And I was just begging God. Because the, no, the night before, all I had asked was to die. And I woke up, and I know that feeling where you beg every night to not wake up. It doesn't even matter if it's just a vast black abyss to just wake up and not be the same old routine, to not wake up to the same heartbreak, to not wake up to the same feeling of being used. It's just, it's a hard feeling. But I remember just praying, just, just, God, if you're up there, why won't you give me the one thing that I want, the one thing that I've asked for for so long? The, why can't I be happy? Death would make me happy. I just remember, I don't know if it was my conscience, my own self monologue, whatever you want to call it. I remember just hearing, because other people need you more. And today, there's been two people that I can think of that maybe just needed a word from me. Just, just something, just, just hang in there. Just don't, don't hurt yourself. Don't do something irreversible. Don't do something that you'll regret. Don't do something you can't take back. Just hang in there. There's a band, 21 Pilots, and they have this kind of motto, just stay alive. Just stay alive. Things will get better. And this is me talking to myself. Things will get better. Maybe not quick. Things, things, things never seem to be quick in my life. But I guarantee you, you're not alone. You have a choice. Maybe you're supposed to be the next Mandela. I, I don't understand why I am the way I am. People, for some reason, really like me. Which is funny, because I hate me. <laughs> but just hang in there, guys. I, I, I don't know why people like me. But for some reason, I've rarely met people I don't get along with. Even those people I don't get along with, you know? Or I guess people that don't get along with me. But I, I've just, I was telling my best friend yesterday that I have this philosophy that I think people should be allowed to do whatever they want to do as long as it doesn't hurt somebody else. And, and, and lately, even more than, God, my life has just been falling apart and I'll probably share about it some other time. But it seems like for the last six months, I can't get anybody in my life to get along with each other. I got my boy Kyle, who's like my, my he's like my best friend in the world. One of two, you know? But I love the dude to death. And he seems to be the only person in my life who granted he doesn't really know most of the other people in my life, so that that's probably why. But I just have this why can't people get along? I don't know it's a played out Rodney King cliche. But if just people got along and tolerated each other, so much crap would be better. 
You know, I mean, it's the freaking Christmas season, right? Like, aren't we supposed to get along? Aren't we not supposed to concern and knock people over for gifts and 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 buying crap? I mean, literally, you're gonna you're you're gonna give this person this gift. They're gonna be like, oh, hey, look, they maybe play with it for like a year or two. I don't even know what it is. They'll wear it for you know, they'll wear these clothes for a couple of days and then they'll spill something on it and then it's stained. Oh well. But we're we're stressing so much about these gifts. I can't even get my family together for Christmas or Thanksgiving. And that's all I wanted. I wanted somebody to share my holiday with. And I'm alone again for another December. But I'm not going to be that cynic. I'm going to be that kid with the good heart and the bad brains. I'm going to be that crazy messed up person that holds my family together. And I know I'm not alone. And I know I won't be alone for the rest of my life. I mean, there's... I've got other girls texting me and messaging me, so I know I'm not, I know there's potential, but are they worth it? Look at the people in your life today. Look at your friends. Look at the people who actually care about you, not just the people on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. Look at the real, tangible people in your life and appreciate them. Love them. Give them a hug. Let them know how you really feel because you're not guaranteed tomorrow. Nelson Mandela died. Paul Walker died either a few days before or a few days after. Life is very fragile. Just tell the people you can that you love them because you may not get the chance. So this is it. Hope you guys liked it. I don't know. I'm just rambling. But it makes me feel a lot better. I feel like I got a lot off my chest. So if you're listening to this, I really appreciate you listening. And I hope you'll maybe listen to it another time. So thank you. This is Corey. Um, I don't know who you are, but I love you. And and I know that sounds stupid because I don't know you. But it's true. If nobody's told you that, I love you. Stay alive. And, and be the Mandela. Be the change. Good night.